Hello and welcome to another episode of Punt the QB. I'm Rick Navalani at Rick Punt the QB. Tim Singer, Punt QB FF. What's up, everybody? Hey, so thanks a lot for tuning in today. Here we're going to talk about some Week 11 football here. And Tim, man, what a what a Week 10 last week. And you got to start right there. We'll talk about the major headlines. I know we'll get to injuries and all that stuff, but Minnesota at Buffalo, like what an end of the game. Like you see that KC Buffalo game in the playoffs last year, and you're like, how are they going to one up that? The, the end of that game, when the Minnesota's down 17, and Justin Jefferson late in that game makes that one-handed catch. Oh, the fourth and 18. Yes. The, the fact that he went up and came down with that ball, you're like, oh, my God. He literally just ripped that ball with one hand out of a defender's hand where the ball was right to the defender. Still ripped the ball out of the hand, drive down the field, stopped on the goal line, fumbled the ball in the end zone, touchdown, come back, kick a field goal. Absolutely insane game back and forth. Yeah, even when the Vikings are going down there, you're like, oh, Jefferson done it. You, you know, you see the replay. Oh, he's short. Oh, Kirk Cousins, he's how did he not get two inches? He's in. They look at the replay. I'm like, oh, my God, he didn't get the two. You know? And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen fumbles the snap. And you're like, the the whole end of that game was madness. And then even when in, in overtime when Buffalo's coming down, and you're like, how do they not review that Gabe Davis catch? Mm-hmm. And, and just the back and forth, that game was mad. This is why we love football, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, like I said, Justin Jefferson, and I'll bring it up later, but man, Justin Jefferson, if he wasn't skyrocketed to stardom, he is now. Oh, he was, yeah. he was already on a one-way ticket to stardom before that. This just more, just more immortalizes what you're gonna, what people are gonna be saying about him from years, years. And that's now. the thing is, like, if you look at the last couple of years, like guys like Odell Beckham have done absolutely nothing. He's been injured and, and all that stuff, but people still remember the one-handed catches for the Giants on Monday Night Football and stuff yeah. like that. And, and that's the thing is, if, if Justin Jefferson does nothing the rest of his career, people will remember that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Let's get to the headlines here and the and the injuries here, man. I mean, you had a. a a Rams team and a Cardinals team that had none of their starting quarterbacks. Then you get to the end of the game, and then you lose Cooper Cup. And that's the thing is, we talked a couple weeks ago how like the Rams were out of that one game and they're driving anyway, and they're like, "Oh, Cooper Cup, what's he doing on the field or whatever?" Now this is different. I, I'm factually speaking, the Rams still had an outside shot in this game, but I, I mean that, that that's definitely the biggest story to come out of this past week. Cooper Cup has a high ankle sprain. He had surgery on Wednesday. He's heading to the IR. With the Rams at three and six, have we seen the last of Cooper Cup this year? Probably. I don't see how they're going to be able to win without him. They couldn't win with him, and and they and they were playing horrendous. I don't I don't see. He was the only highlight, and he basically helped basically carry them to three wins. Right, and that's what I say. I mean, like, listen, they're forever going to have that Super Bowl ring that last year. I'm so so many people go their whole career without even having one. But the only connection that Stafford had, who looks like he's going to be back this week. Um, the only connection it looks like he had was with Cooper Cup. Well, you take him off the field, and like you said, they were three and six with him. Now they're they're three and six now, heading to IR. He's at least four weeks, but I, I think most people have said six weeks. And and you know, and that's the thing. Let's call it even on the minimum of four weeks. Let's say they go one and three. That makes them you know four and nine. They're done. Yeah. So uh, what's I mean, the rush to bring him? Right. Back? Exactly. With him being your franchise, we talked about it a couple weeks with the Raiders when they put Waller and Renfro in the IR, and we're like, "Well, listen, by the time these guys are ready to come back, that team is done. Why risk it?" Uh, I mean, same thing with the Rams. I mean, McVeigh's not going to get fired. So, you know, like no one's head's going to roll for this. It was just a down year, but so why would they risk it? Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and that's the thing is, just like I, I think the other big story now there was injuries. Now I'll quick get you with that in a second. The other big story that past week. Jeff Saturday. He goes from ESPN's get up to head coach in the NFL with having no coaching experience at all in college or in the NFL. And, and, and they go to Vegas and they beat the Raiders. Yeah. I mean, the one thing you could at least say is, is at least he went back to the things that Indy was successful with. Matt Ryan was 3-3-1 three and three and one as a starter. And then they benched him. They put Ellinger in. He was 0-2. What was the point of this whole experiment? Like, then you put, at least he says, no, we're putting Matt Ryan back in, and we're going to focus on running the ball with Jonathan Taylor. And they they did. I mean, you're talking about the teams that went back to running the ball were successful last week. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the the Packers beat the Cowboys as an underdog. Because they committed to the run. I mean, they 25 carries for Aaron the Jones. Bucks, the Bucks beat 
Seattle because they committed to the run. Exactly, yeah. They tag-teamed with Lenny Fournette and Rashad White. And and, and we even talked about it. The brief success the Raiders had those couple weeks was because of Josh Jacobs. And, and we don't mean to keep bounding it, but, like, Jeff Saturday, which is funny, if I back up a sec, the story came out that it was Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, who made Frank Reich bench Matt Ryan and go to Sam Ellinger. And that cost the offensive coordinator his job and then Frank Reich his job. And so all of a sudden, Jeff Sarri comes in, like, basically, uh, you know, Jim Ursay's drinking buddy. They're like, hey, what do you say you go coach? Really? Yeah, sure, go coach. He's like, well, I'm bringing Matt Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. You think you it was know, one of those, like, was, Frank Reich has got to be like, are you kidding me? It was one of those things where he went and met up with Ursay, and they were just having a couple of beers, and he's like, I could coach better than this guy, and he's like, sold! Yeah, they don't, <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're treating the NFL team he happens to own like some backyard league that you play on Thanksgiving Day or something like that, but it was just funny because you know, somewhere Frank Reich is like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? He gets to start Matt Ryan, but I can't. Yeah. You I know. mean, and, and you're talking about it right now, I think the best the best thing would be how awesome would it be if Frank, uh, if Jeff Saturday, he's he is literally every single fan's right now like dream. It's like the dream job kind of a thing. He went from off of his couch talking about how the Raiders were trash. Tweeting, yeah, he yeah, said he it. Tweeted October last 30th, week. he tweeted, yes. man, these Raiders are trash. He said these Raiders <laughs> are trash. That beats him. They beat them two weeks later when he's the head coach for the other team. I mean... That's awesome. It's like that's like every every football fan's dream to be like, just put me in there. I could totally do it, and then to totally do it. I mean, it, it's awesome. I I think it's gonna be great. Is is that he's basically said it's only an interim thing. I don't want to be the head coach moving forward after this season. So what if he goes like six and one the rest of the way and <laughs> stuff like that? And he walks off. He walks off the field like just decides. Oh no, I'm done coaching, and he has like an eighty percent winning percentage in yeah. only like nine games. He just walks off into the sunset. Yeah, I, I mean. I don't know. I it's just it's an interesting story and it's funny because it's like we're not talking the, the Texans or the Jags or some of the bottom feeding teams like the the Colts it, when it all started were a second place team in a winnable division. Factually speaking they're still a second place team because it's a terrible division, but it's just funny cuz a, a soap opera is playing out with an NFL franchise. You think it, you think it's possible could Jeff Saturday take them to win the division? Can they catch I, up? I mean, to the why Titans? not? I, I mean, right now as we're watching the you know, it, it's Titans seven to uh, seven six, and uh, in Green Bay, and all of a sudden Green Bay discovered they can win games. So it's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's funny. I, I was also I'm sitting there watching the eight thirty a.m. Germany game. You know, where the Bucks decided they can run the ball again. It, 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 it's funny. It took me four international games, but I finally got used to drinking coffee while watching football. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just like I said, and now we have a. I think we have another one coming up soon, um, Mexico City or something. Do we have a Mexico City game this I, year? I thought I thought we were done with them, but maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I'm fairly certain the NFL Network, I guess I should do more research seeing as that's what we talk about, but hey. Yeah, well, we'll the last there. time they did a Mexico City game, I believe it was a Sunday night game. All right, well, let me hit you with some, uh, we had some pretty big injuries this past week. Let's hit you with them. The tight end position has already been a cluster fudge in the NFL and in fantasy. Uh, Arizona tight end Zach Ertz is out for the season with a knee injury. Yeah, this one this one obviously stings for Arizona. I mean, they have all those weapons on offense. You lose Marquise Brown, you lose Zach Ertz now for the season. And yeah, this you know Kyler. I mean, I understand they beat the they beat the Rams last week, but this is this is a team that is woefully mediocre. This is middle of the pack. When you're talking about the Cardinals, I don't think you're talking about one of the worst teams in football. But I don't think you're talking about a playoff team either. It's funny, all these teams wanted to have that, because McVay's success in L.A., everybody wanted to have that young, upstart, offensive mind. Well, how's that working out with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders and Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals? and Not not working out so well, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> not with those two guys, especially. Uh, another tight end, uh, Philly tight end, Dallas Goddard. He hits the IR with a shoulder injury. Uh, tough blow. I mean, in the Eagles, we you know we talk about with uh, the Week 10 Rewind, I gave you a list last week of the, the potentially tough matchups for the Eagles. You were like, are we gonna? Are they going to lose a game? At no point did we mention a home game against the Washington football team. The funniest team. part about it is is that I, I was telling everybody, I was like, we should have known this. As soon as you said, well, can they run the table? Should have bet money in line. Money in line commanders. As soon as you said... Can they run the table? I was like, that should have been like the omen of like, they're not even going to win one more game because we just totally <laughs> jinxed them. I'm just, they had a great game plan, and I'll ask you about that later. Um, some more injuries. Juju, uh, we, who had been really really good for the Chiefs last couple weeks, 
he had a bad. He bad, I'm, There's no way to think it. it was a terrible concussion. You saw the play. I mean, yeah. He, the, the way his hands looked, you're like, oh man. As soon as he went down, you were like, he's not getting back up. No, no. And the, the announcers even said it. Yeah. Factually speaking, this is his, now his fourth recorded concussion in the NFL. So it, that, that's a shame. Yeah. Absolutely. Now we won't see him for another couple of weeks, but in that game I talked about in Germany, Leonard Fournette's got a hip pointer, so uh, we'll see what uh, what that comes out of that coming out of the bye. Yeah, but Rashad White, man, he's been stepping up. I mean, there's a good chance you might be seeing Rashad White getting a lot more carries with that first team. Yeah, in the uh, I don't think it matters, but it's the NFL. PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain, so uh, Panthers go back to Baker. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Carolina fans have to be doing the same thing. Like, yeah, yay. Yeah. Like, okay. And um, the Bears placed Khalil Herbert in the IR. He's got a hip injury, which he sustained on the kickoff return on, on one of the final plays of the game last week. And uh, it's a shame because he certainly looks like the future running back for the Bears. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, there's no way they pay David Montgomery. But what they were doing really well, not that they're winning games, but what they were doing well was running the ball. And it's a shame because Khalil Herbert had looked really good. So, I mean, we're not going to see him again this season. Yeah, no. I mean, even if, like I said, even if he misses, you know, that's a 3-17. and 17. And uh, with the fact that the Bears haven't had a bye week, you couldn't see him again until week 16, and why would they bother? Well, exactly. And by this time now, you're seeing who's for real and who's who's got an outside chance and who's already done. And the Bears are one of those teams that are already done. Yeah, and that's the thing is if we were going to skip into a Week 10 Rewind, we already talked about the amazing Vikes-Bills game. We talked about the Eagles falling from the, the the unbeaten to Washington football team of all teams. You already mentioned the Colt McCoy versus John Wolford. This whole season to me has been two things. A lot of kicks being missed on extra points and, and, and huge things. I mean, games being decided. The Bears last week because missed because of an extra point. That even Vikings Bills we talked about went to overtime because of missed extra point. Yep. Lots of lots of mixed kicks and lots of backup quarterbacks. Yeah. I know these defensive players are frustrated with all the rules they put. You know, they oh you know put a red shirt and a jersey on them whatever. Well, because we've seen Skylar Thompson and uh, Colt McCoy, John Wolford, uh, Jacoby Brissett's been starting the whole year. Uh, I mean, the list of uh, that goes on and on. Uh, P.J. Walker was a third quarterback for the Panthers. All these backup quarterbacks, the NFL's like, we can't have this. We can't have Colt McCoy versus John Wolford. No, it's like last year with Jordan Love. It just is bad football. When you get second-string quarterbacks in there, it just makes for very bad football. And we're seeing an awful lot of that. You're already seeing low scores. You're already seeing um, great quarterbacks that are turning the corner in their careers, not playing. Brady hasn't been playing stellar. Rodgers hasn't been playing playing too great. Russell Wilson has been playing atrocious. So when you're talking about you already have those guys already playing bad, and then you're seeing all these backup quarterbacks who literally cannot play this game the, the the way that the starters can, I mean, it really it really brings down the quality of football that you're watching. It really does. All right, before we jump into these games, Tim, who's on a bye? <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad this week. We knew Tampa and Seattle would be making their way back from Germany. You also got Miami and Jacksonville. So if you like Florida football and the pros, sorry. you know. And, and then, of course, so yeah, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Miami, and Jacksonville. And, and not only do we have those guys out, but um, the first game on the noon docket, Big news came out today. Cleveland at Buffalo. Buffalo is an eight and a half point favorite. The over under went from forty one and a half to forty eight and a half because they moved that game to Detroit. Yeah, the game got moved to Detroit because they're talking about three to five feet of snow on Sunday in Buffalo. Now that's now you not, didn't say inches, you said feet. That's not inches. That's feet. Which I also have to say. I'm really disappointed because I would have loved to have seen these guys running around in like three feet of snow where it's like they're moving at like six miles an hour because they can barely plod through that. Come on. Nick Chubb moving through that like a plow. Nick Chubb, but the way he does squats would be running faster, like two times faster than anybody else. It would be like, well, Nick Chubb has rushed for 375 yards. We think. We can't see the yardage markers. We think he started off at the 20. But watching him just... With those big, huge, like, cat, those big, huge thighs, <laughs> those big, huge legs just churning away while other people are kind of like slowly plotting, like a like a six year old that's wearing too, like too much, too much the, clothes. The, the, the big kid in a Christmas story. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, come on, God. Ralphie, wait up, wait up. <laughs> I mean, come on, that would have been awesome to see. You would have been talking about 
no passes the whole game. It would have just been everybody running the ball. And what does Buffalo not do, Tim? Run the ball. Nope. They, so, they, well, Josh Allen runs the ball, but that's about it. So Buffalo gets totally saved on this. I understand it's like Buffalo weather, Buffalo fans. I mean, but no, but that would have them, favored Cleveland. Yes, for sure. it would have totally favored the way Cleveland plays football. But you know what? Safety concern for the players. You're talking about safety concern I mean, for, for the, the fans. fans yeah. yeah, exactly. Could you imagine fans trying to do that table dive? Like and the in funny Buffalo? thing is, Buffalo. <laughs> um, I I think they were saying Buffalo. They're going to host this game in Detroit, and then they play Thursday. On Detroit, in Detroit. Oh, so they might as well just stay out there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, and that's what they're saying because they couldn't move the game to Monday because they play Thursday. So it totally favors, it totally favors Buffalo even more. I'd like to actually now be staying in 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 Detroit and playing on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. I yeah, uh, a couple notes that stuck from my uh, from my mind. Amari Cooper, you've talked about it before. His home road splits. He has five touchdowns on the season. Five at home, zero on the road. Yeah, he's not a good he, – he is a good receiver, but you the inconsistency is not really an inconsistency. He is inconsistent when he's – he is bad when he's on the road. He does not put up touchdowns. He puts up lower point totals when he's, at, when he's on the road. When he's at home, he puts up more yardage. He gets more receptions. He gets into the end zone. This is something that we've been seeing. This is something that's been going on. Year after year. We're talking about when he was on the Raiders. We're talking about when he was on the Cowboys. We're talking about when he was on, and now he's on the Browns. This hasn't changed. This is the same Amari Cooper that he's been for years. Let me throw this out to you, Tim. The Browns are 0-3 versus AFC East teams and now get to play against Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because technically Buffalo is a third-place team in the AFC East. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, the Bills are coming off that crazy loss against Minnesota. We started off the episode talking about it. And you've got a team that's going to come out looking for blood after they just lost that game. And they're playing in Detroit. And uh, I hate to break it to you, a lot of the games in Detroit have all gone way over the point totals. Oh, yeah. Um, but, Tim, the last time there was a snowstorm, remember what we were talking about, I wish they would have been able to play this game. Last time there was a snowstorm and these two played against each other, in Buffalo, 2007, and Cleveland won 8 to nothing. I, I, I think it's a lost opportunity. That would have been amazing. That would have been awesome to watch. But at the same exact time, when we were just talking about back of quarterbacks and bad football, that would have been, I mean, it would have been entertaining, but it probably would have made for some bad football. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you want bad football? I give to you the Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's a three-point favorite. Total is 49.5 because defense is optional. Bears have lost six of seven. The Bears have lost six of seven. But, Tim, honestly, is there anybody in the Falcons that can stop Justin Fields from running, running around if he wants? No, and, and that's the thing is, it's like I I don't think that they need to keep doing this. They're going to get that kid killed on a three and seven team. I mean, entertaining to watch. The national talking heads have all been talking about him, but I mean, this to me is a perfect opportunity to see if we can get that pass game going. Uh, Claypool has twenty one. What do you say? Twenty a total twenty one receiving yards in his two games. So we can get Claypool going. Uh, get Mooney going, get Cole Komet going, especially with Khalil Herbert out. Maybe they try to get some passing game going. Yeah, I mean, but the on the opposite side, the Falcons have actually been moving the ball pretty well with a majority of the run with uh, Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. Um, Cordero Patterson, the former Bear, um, now gets to play. Oh, you know, them. he's getting a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna, he's, yeah he's probably going to get in the end zone. That's probably a good a good bet right there. Anytime touchdown, Cordero Patterson. But the Bears can't stop anybody. They couldn't stop. Well, they Detroit. traded half their defense, yeah. Yeah, they traded all the best players on their defense. So if they can't stop Cordero, they couldn't stop uh, Detroit. I don't see how they're going to be able to stop Atlanta. When you're saying uh, defense is optional, I mean, the points are going to be plentiful, I think, in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And Vegas thinks so, too. 49.5 is a big number. So moving on to the next one, we got Philly fresh off to their first loss. Is a seven-point favorite at Indy and Jeff Saturday's Colts. Totals 45 we're looking at game two of the Jeff Saturday era. Yeah, well, in the 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 crazy thing about it is is that I know Jeff Saturday is one and zero, but Jeff Saturday is also um, the the Washington football team or the Commanders, as we should probably nope. Be. Yeah, okay. The Commanders <laughs> basically showed how to beat beat Philly, and the the craziest thing about it is is that they showed by like owning time of possession. And and basically playing safe defense and 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 making them making Philly make mistakes and just owning the only time of possession. What can Indy do? Indy can own time of possession because they have Jonathan Taylor. 
They have one of the better running backs in the league who finally came out and had a good game. So if they're going to recommit to the run like they did last week, there's there's a possibility that, that Indy can do it again. Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, Philly's on a short week, and, and it's not rocket science. Chico Rivera is an old school guy, and he's like, listen. That's a dynamic offense. I'm going to have 15 play drives. We're going to dominate time position. I'm going to run with my two running backs. I'm going to have a third and three so my quarterback can complete it. And they kept and, – and the good thing is, number one, you're keeping a good offense off the field. So you're ruining their rhythm, and uh, they can't get any momentum going when they're not on the field. Number two, your defense is fresh. Yeah. If your offense is on the field for a long time, your defense is fresh. And their defense is not. Their defense is getting gassed. Yep. And that's exactly what happened in that Monday night game against Washington. And the Colts have the blueprint, and they have the people around it to make it happen. Yeah, it, that was the perfect blueprint to beat the Eagles, and, and I'm with you. I, I think mean, Indy can absolutely do that. And it already screams that there's something up with this, because why is the spread seven? Philly has been just trouncing teams with the exception of last week. They've been putting it to teams all season long. They've been beating people handily. And this spread's only seven, and it's not like all of the games are seven. There's a thirteen. There's an eight. There's an eight out there. There's there's an eight and a half out there. There are high spreads out there. Why is Philly one of those teams that's not getting the high spread? Are, are we going to hear about this one later? No, I don't think we will. Uh, I, but it does. It does scream trap to me. I think. Well, I think Philly will still take care of business, but I, I could. I could see. I could see Indy, Indy covering this game. If not, like I said, we talked about that. Philly can't. Indy no. Indy has the blueprint now to win this game. Yeah. Uh, next up on the docket, we got Carolina at Baltimore. Baltimore is a 13-point favorite, as you mentioned. Total is 41.5, which just goes to show you the faith that Vegas has in Carolina. Carolina's team total for this one in today's NFL, 13.5. The Panthers have lost eight straight road games. Yeah, well, the, the craziest thing about this is, is that Carolina has been doing a good job of moving the ball with what they have. De- Deonta Foreman has been playing really well as one of the running backs. The- Baltimore does not have a good passing defense. DJ Moore is still keeps continually proving, even without any quarterback or any consistency at quarterback, that he still can put up numbers at any point in any time. Um, the- this kind of doesn't sit right with me because Baltimore has done a great job of not putting anybody away all season. Like They haven't been blowing teams out. Well, they're coming off a bye. It looks like they're going to get Mark Andrews back. It looks like they're going to get Gus Edwards back. Um, and let's be honest, they're they're familiar with Baker Mayfield. You know, they they played him twice a year for the last few years. So. Yeah. I, I to me, this screams, I'm going to get right for the Ravens. Yeah, but I don't know. I think I think when you're talking about this is, uh, we haven't seen very many double digit spreads this season. And I don't know if this one is actually the way to go. You're talking about Baltimore is coming off of a bye week, but Carolina's coming off of a small bye too because they had the Thursday game. They've had ten days off now by the time they play that game. I don't know. I I think I think I think I think Carolina could keep it within thirteen. Okay. Well uh we'll agree to disagree. Next up on the docket, we got the Lions at the Giants. Giants are a three point home favorite, totals forty five. The Giants are five and one against the spread in their last six. Yeah, but the Lions are five and one the last six they played at the Giants. Ooh, how about that? How about that? But Matt Stafford is not there. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's why I yeah. love the oh the, the, this team versus this team over the last eight games. You know how many different players have moved since those? You know, yeah. They're fun stats to talk about on the Talking Head shows, and it's great content. But you know, I mean, yeah, this is this is going to be a, a good game. I think. You got a Lions team that continually puts up points, and you got a Giants team that just is finding ways to win games. I mean, all seven of the Giants wins this season have been by eight points or less. They just yeah. find ways to. They win don't games. put you away. Yeah. They just find a way to win the game in the end, which mm-hmm. is it, it's a sign of a good team. You're seeing maturity from Daniel Jones. Dayball knows what he's doing. He's been around. Uh, Saquon is, is earning every penny he's going to make next year. Um, they've definitely been. I don't want to say a fun team to watch because they're not. They're not a pinball machine on offense. They don't put people away, but they just find a way. They find a way to win. They got Daniel Jones kind of gets his rushing yards in when when the pass doesn't doesn't kind of come to fruition. And and Saquon, man, Saquon's playing like a beast. I mean, he is. He, he's not 
RB1 in fantasy, but he's RB1 in in carrying his team through through these games. Yeah, I, I think we also, with him being in a contract year, I think we all saw that coming. Him and, him and Derrick Henry, I don't know if there's any of the running backs that mean more to their team's success. Like, Austin Eckler is a great running back, but... That's not equating to success for the for the Chargers. Nick Chubb, great running back, not equating to success for the Browns. The only two that are really doing that is, is Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, absolutely. Although I tell you what, the Giants uh, they might miss Kadarius Tony a little bit. I don't know why. I'm saying he looked. I'm just saying he looked really good in Kansas City last week. I don't know why they couldn't figure it out with him because he looked pretty good last. Well, week. it seemed like because he was a rookie last year. It seemed pretty quickly that that the new new management was pretty much ready to walk away from Darius Tony right before that season even started. But you know what? Darius Slayton, man, he just keeps he just keeps hanging around. Yeah, they just find a way. He screams like uh, like the old Victor Cruz, the yeah. I'm going to find a guy and Darius Slayton's that find a guy. You're like, "Oh yeah, he's still on the team." Yeah, right. All right, hopping into this next game here, the New York Football Jets. J E T S Jets 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 are going to New England. The spread in this game is three and a half, and the over-under is 38. Tim, the Jets are 6-3 and three and have their best start since 2010. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I believe in it. I'm not saying they didn't have a good run there, but when I see this Jets team, especially with Brees Hall out, I'm like, eh. Now, I mean, like I said, I know we were just joking about, oh, over the over the last few years or whatever. But actually speaking, the Patriots have won 13 straight versus the Jets. If there's one team that owns another, it's the Patriots over the Jets. So, to me, this Jets team doesn't scream anything of confidence that they're going to go into Foxborough and win this game. Am I wrong? No, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, New England, They not only are they owning the Jets, but they've won out four out of their last five after starting one and three. So, they've definitely turned that corner there. The one thing I will say is, is that... Bill Belichick, without Brady, is thirty six and thirty eight in New England. That doesn't scream well, great. That doesn't scream greatness. I understand he is one of the greatest of all time as being a coach, but two games under five hundred, Tim, without without Brady, doesn't isn't too encouraging. I I, we can say that a lot about a lot of guys. I, I mean, what's Tomlin without Big Ben? You know, I, I mean, I, I'm just I understand what you're saying. But these, to me, these are the games that Belichick wins. The if you're an average to below average team, he's going to come out and beat you. They're not going with this iteration. They're not going to go out and beat Buffalo or Kansas City, but they're going to beat the Jets. I, I mean, that, that's that's what they do. Yeah, I can't really disagree with you. I mean, though, we'll say that the, when they played against each other four weeks ago, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, the Patriots did win that game. Zach Wilson threw for like 360 yards, and he, you know, they the Jets kind of hung around. Gee, Rick, why are you interested in what Zach Wilson did? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so offended by what I said about Bill Belichick's record without Brady? Because I'm a Patriots guy. Yeah, exactly. And you, you are know a Patriots this. guy. All right, so let's go from a let's go from a woefully dominant game with the Patriots owning the Jets to a game that nobody wants to own, and that's the Commanders at the Texans. The, let's be honest. If we skipped this game, would anybody have noticed? No, we probably could have skipped it and not said anything, and nobody would have been like, "Hey, by the way, like, yeah, you didn't break down Washington Football Team yeah. versus Texans, man." Well, the Texans. Are at home. They're getting three. The over under is forty one. Tim, Houston is one seven and one, and they've lost four straight. And the race for C.J. Stroud definitely goes through Houston. Oh, they're on the clock. Yeah. Let's be honest. The only other note I have for the Texans is well, they have Eno Benjamin now, which is a weird story. The Cardinals are like, yeah, James Connors come back for one game. We trust he's fully healthy. Let's get rid of his backup. Yeah, in week ten, which makes no sense. But that's it. I mean, let's be honest. The Texans are on the clock, and that's all anybody in Houston cares about. Well, uh, Damian Pierce, six of the last seven games, he's rushed over a hundred yards. Yeah, and, and that will still get you the first pick in the NFL yeah, draft. Six out of the last seven, but they've also <laughs> lost six yeah. out of those last and seven. And I said, we knew when Lovey Smith, they, when they when they, when they brought Lovey Smith in, we knew what it was going to be. We're going to get off the bus running. That's great. That's enough to get you the first pick in the draft. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, there's no other way to say it. I mean, at least for on, for the Washington football team, the, the quarterback everybody loves in Washington, Taylor Heineke, he gets another start because Rivera says that Wentz is not quite ready. But I think that's just him stalling as far as like, Taylor, show me something, man. Heineke's the better quarterback. He's the better quarterback. I mean, this is actually one of the things that you can actually say is the actual reverse from what we've been seeing. Like, Taylor Heineke coming in 
for an injured Carson Wentz has actually brought some energy to this dead Washington football team. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, dude, I'm, I'm looking at the next few games. I'm like, dude, we have bad football followed by bad football followed by bad football. Yep. I'm mean, next up on the docket. We got the Rams at the Saints. Saints are three point favorites solely because they're at home. the The total is 39. Another the, another number that's under 40. Um, the Rams are one in five against the spread in their last six. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Like, I I did a YouTube video earlier this year laying out my entire case for why you need to pound the under on the Rams wins. I didn't think it would be this bad. I mean, they're brutal. They're they're three and six. We talked about it in the open. They're three and six and just lost Cooper Cup. I give me something encouraging about the Rams. Well, I, w- I would say it's not so much as encouraging the Rams. It's more. <laughs> It's more depleting with the Saints. We talk. I've talked about it at nauseum. The Saints are not a good team. Um, they are three and seven. They're in the worst start since two thousand and five, when all the fans were going to the stadium with bags over their heads. The Aints, yes, yeah. the Aints. And so that you're talking about a team that in has six games this season with two or more turnovers. Well, and for what it's worth, they they started Andy Dalton because Jameis Winston's a turnover machine. That's the thing, though. At this point, can you tell me that they're better with Andy Dalton? No, because now Andy Dalton's turning the ball over multiple times. That's what I'm saying. That, that was the old you had one job. It, that, that's Andy Andy Dalton. You had one job. Don't turn it over. Turn around and hand it to Kamara. Yeah. You had one job. And yeah, I mean, and, and Kamara, I mean, he, he does well when he gets opportunities, but he's not getting the opportunities like he used to. No, yeah, he's had 12 carries or less the last two games, which is funny because it's like that's the only bright spot this team has. Yeah, I mean, let me give you a math question, math equation, Tim. Cup on IR equals? Bad football? I don't the know end you... of the Rams season. <laughs> that's, what, like, that's what I hear. Like, Cup on IR equals season over for the Rams. Yeah, no, I hear you, but you just laid out a case for the Saints are bad, so it's like... Well, it doesn't make a difference. The The Rams can beat the Saints, all right? And the Rams could beat maybe a couple other teams and stuff like that. When you're talking about the Rams have to play against good teams. And that's why I laid out the case at the beginning of the season is they had a, a first-place schedule. Well, I mean, they're done. Let's be honest. Even if they beat the Aints, this this team's season is over. No, this team is this team is done and dead in the water. You want two more teams whose seasons are over? I, I give yeah. I give you the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver's a three-point favorite solely because they're at home. So stop me if you've heard that before. Total is 41. The Raiders have already reached their loss total of last year. Yeah, the last four games we've we've touched on all had three-point, right around three-point spreads. I mean, the it's Raiders... It's just a lot of bad football. The Raiders are bad. The Broncos are bad. Derek Carr's been playing bad. Russell Wilson's playing bad. I mean, it's just all bad. I mean, you got poor Devontae Adams went to, uh, went to, the, went to the Raiders and is like... It be him and Josh Jacobs are the only thing going on on that team, and then on the Broncos, the only good thing on that team is that defense. Oh yeah, but Tim, let Which me throw is funny because that's not what Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson were brought in to do. Let me throw two things out to you: the Raiders are the only team in the NFL to allow twenty points or more in every single game this season. It's bad. They're yeah. they can't stop anybody. Their offense is totally hit or miss. They are totally on fire for a quarter, and then they to- totally dead for two, or whether it's a half and then completely dead for the rest of the game. But the Broncos, that offense isn't any better. Yeah, that I was Bron- going to ask you, which one of these teams is a bigger disappointment? Here, here, let me tell you what team is the bigger disappointment. One of these two teams, if their offense puts up 18 points in a game, Tim, are 7-2. and two. They are The Broncos are 3-6. and six. If that offense just gets 18 points a game in all the games they played so far, they're seven and two. That's how great this defense has been playing. Holding almost everybody they're playing against, besides two teams, to under 17 points in a game. You score 18 points and you're seven and two. And guess what? You're three and six. You can't even get your team to 18 points. That's it's brutal. It's embarrassing. It's brutal. Uh I don't know that either one of these coaches survive next season. Well, I have heard that the Raiders are not going to fire Josh McDaniels. And the and, a, and absolutely 
100% understand why now. You gave that big, huge contract to John Gr- John Gruden, who then now is still, you know, suing to make sure that he gets paid still because he's saying he shouldn't have gotten fired for... For cause. Yeah, yeah. for cause. It's all like that. But, and now you just shelled out all that money for Josh McDaniels on, like, another five-year deal. Yeah. Josh Gr- John Gruden was on a 10-year deal. Yeah, you, know, you can't pay Josh McDaniels coaches. on a five-year deal. You're going to be paying all of these coaches. You can't fire him and bring somebody else in. I've heard they're going to be stuck with, with Josh, Josh McDaniels for at least two seasons. And they have to. The same th- The same reason the Panthers were stuck with Matt Rule. When you give him that much money, you can't pay him that much to not coach. I mean, there's you brought in Lovey Smith in Houston. Nobody was expecting anything. You brought Nathaniel Hackett and Josh McDaniels onto these two teams, expecting them to do something. Yeah. These teams are horrendous. And part of that is because of the horrible play, coaching decisions they're making on both sides of those offenses, on both sides of the offense, on both teams. Well, since we got those games out of the way, let's go to a team, let's go to a game that have two teams with a winning record. We got Dallas, a one and a half point favorite at Minnesota, who just came off that amazing win. Totals 47 and a half. The Cowboys have won four of their last five versus the Vikings, including last year's Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush game. Yeah. Well, I mean, and this game just screams Dallas to me because Dallas just came off of a really devastating loss to Green Bay where they just got absolutely, you know, you little Boyd, let's just say. <laughs> they got little Boyd. That defense has been suspect. The last two games they played, they got destroyed by the Bears def- by the Bears offensively. I mean, I know they won that game, but the Bears offense made made Dallas look bad. And then Green Bay, who was pretty inept on offense pretty much all season long, made Dallas's defense look bad again. So it's two straight games where Dallas's defense looks suspect. Meanwhile, the Minnesota comes off of this highly charged, you know, unbelievable win against the Bills. Yet, at eight and one, the Vikings are dogs in this game. Yeah, that that was my next question. It was to be like, are you surprised Dallas is favorite? It sounds like you're not. No, I'm no, I'm just, I'm saying I'm surprised by it. But Vegas doesn't do this without knowing exactly what they're doing. And don't give me this whole well, it's Dallas and everyone's pounding the game and stuff like that. This on the tickets and the money is pretty much fifty fifty. And this game started at a pick, and half the money is on both teams. You would think it should stay at a pick, but it's not. It's moving further and further away from Minnesota. Which makes me think that Dallas is going to come back and take care of business. I I, I tend to agree with you. I, I I think Vegas knows what they're talking about. I think this sets up as Dallas getting getting a three point victory, if you will. Um, I I had to bring up Justin Jefferson. I know we talked about him a lot in the open. He is on pace for two thousand and two receiving yards. Let me say that again: two thousand and two receiving yards. There are plenty of things that we said going into this season, and one of those that I put up. And on our YouTube channel with uh, predictions, I said, Justin Jefferson will lead the league in rushing, but receiving, he will have over the 1,350 receiving yards he was projected, the course, over-under was. Yeah. He'll be over that, which he's well on his way. I said, he'll go over, he'll be the leading receiver in yardage. And then you went out, you went over the top and you said, somebody's going to go for 2,000, whether it's a running back rushing or it's going to be a running back or a receiver receiving. And... Justin Jefferson, like you said, is on pace for 2,000 yards. Yeah, no one's ever done it. I, I, I'm just, I love watching that guy play football. I, I don't, I, there's no other way to say it. I, I, if he's playing, I'm interested. I, I love the fact that I can watch him on red zone, and if he's not on red zone, that means he's playing on a nationally televised game, and that's even better. He's just fun, fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely, he's fun to watch. All right, Tim, so... There's a funny little story about what happens here. Flag, false start. Yes, I hit a false start. So, Tim, there's a fun little story here about when the NFL and NBC says, no, 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 we don't want this game. We're going to flex this game. What happens to the game that gets flexed out? Well, this is what happens to the game that gets flexed out. So the Bengals at the Steelers was supposed to be the Sunday night game. They altered that. They flexed it out. And it's Bengals at Steelers. The Steelers are getting four. The over-under is 41 points. Tim, the Bengals are coming off of a bye week in a dominating week before that when they absolutely blew out the Panthers by, by scoring six touchdowns in the first six drives. Rick, who had a really good game in the... Uh, Joe Mixon. Okay. Joe Mixon had a very good I, game. I almost forgot. Yeah, yeah. Can you, yeah I, I'll never forget. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Um, but 
what and and out of all that, the Bengals are coming in hot. The the Steelers they just beat they just beat a bad Saints team. So uh, Kenny Pickett gets that gets that you know win. Good for him. But really, when you're talking about this game, the only thing that I really have down here it's the only thing I've written down in this game. It says T.J. Watt is back. That's it. That's <laughs> okay. it. Warning: T.J. Watt is for versus the Cincinnati offensive line. Yeah, that I mean, that, isn't that it, I? I don't know what you want me to say. Jamar Chase is going to play in this game. Yeah. The Steelers are a bad team. Um, but I am definitely interested to see TJ Watt versus that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. TJ Watt is back in this game. They are the the Steelers are two and zero in games in which he has played, and they are one and six in games in which he hasn't. And the thing is, we remember this when week one, that crazy game in Pitts, uh, that crazy game between those two teams, where like uh, uh now I'm gonna miss a field goal. No, no, I'm gonna miss a field goal. Well, I'll miss the extra point. Well, I'll like, miss an extra you're point. Like, okay, I agree. I'll miss it too. Yeah. It, it, it was you know like I said it's a rematch of that game and. It's just funny to me because it's like, do you know who the backup quarterback is in Cincinnati behind Burrow? No. No, neither one. <laughs> That's the problem. If TJ Watt crushes Joe Burrow, we're, we could be staring down the barrel of a guy neither one of us know versus Kenny Pickett. No wonder NBC flexed out. Yeah, absolutely. You flex out of this game. I mean, just I mean, we're you're gonna you're gonna hear me talk about this game later, but oh, spoiler, yeah, alert. spoiler alert. But really, the only thing really to be excited about for for the Steelers is the fact that T.J. Watt is back on on the field. Yeah, that's it. The game they did flex in for Sunday Night Football is Kansas City five point favorite. Quote at L.A. <laughs> I, I always say that when it's because there's no such thing as home field in L.A. I it, they get two teams, they don't deserve one of them. Um, the total is fifty two. The Chargers are four and one against the spread in their last five versus Kansas City. Cool, but it doesn't make a difference because KC is back to owning their own destiny. Destiny in the AFC with Buffalo's loss, KC now holds their own destiny because they don't need to worry about that tiebreaker about losing to losing to Buffalo a handful of weeks ago because now they have one less loss, and now KC is back in the driver's seat in the AFC, which is dangerous. For anybody else in the AFC to have to go through Arrowhead again. How, how'd that work out for the Bengals last year? I understand, Tim. <laughs> I understand that, but I'm just saying. Because that's what teams used to say about, oh, you got to go to Lambeau. Uh-oh, you got to go to Lambeau to play the Packers. Well, people keep going there and beating them. Well, I understand, but you'd still rather have a home game than not. All right. And the Buffalo beat them at home this year. It Very rarely do you see a team win twice at you know on the road and the, the second time in the playoffs yeah everything you said is accurate i just love to argue and with you. the chargers need this one and i'm looking at you like they need this i'm like like making two fists like tim they need this game the chargers once again we fooled us all again completely overrated bunch of talent that just cannot find ways to win games they find ways to lose games I feel like the Chargers can cover the spread. I don't see any way they win this game. Nobody's gotten it. And we're talking about, we were talking about just this last game about how Joe Burrow has to go up against, you know, TJ Watt and stuff like that. But nobody in the NFL has been hit as much as Justin Herbert this season. Yeah, no way. I've talked about it weeks ago. Nobody wants to hear about offensive line talk, but they're, they're missing three of their five starters, including their Pro Bowl left tackle. And he's missing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. So, I, I mean,. I give Justin Herbert credit. Everybody talks about the numbers Mahomes put up. I put down, in nine games, he's thrown for 29-36, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's the overwhelming favorite for MVP at plus 150. Yeah, nine games, 25 uh, touchdowns. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. Factually speaking, it should be said, Michael Hardman just went to the IR. Woohoo. You know, they'll be fine. Tim, when you looked at the over-unders at the beginning of the season, all those mediocre quarterbacks, the over-under for total touchdowns in the season was 20. Somewhere between Davis 20 Mills. and 25. Davis Mills, 20. Zach Wilson, 20. Dale Jones, 20. Some of that. Mahomes has thrown 25 in nine games. Yeah, this just in, he's good. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Herbert has to show he's every bit as good if they're going to win this game. Yep. And to lock out the, uh, the slate for Week 11, Monday Night Football. The Niners are minus 8 at Arizona. Totals 43 and a half. Four straight Cardinals games have gone over. Yes. True, Tim. But you don't and, care at all. Do and, you? No, and, I love your reaction. You're like, I don't yes, care. And but like, okay. But Colt McCoy is also three and one 
as the starter for the Arizona Cardinals. He apparently does not play Call of Duty. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh. Too soon? What? Poor, poor Kyler. Poor I Kyler. mean, Kyler has it once since he came yeah, out. You think that injury last thing he's like, can you go? <laughs> uh, double XP weekend, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. The 49ers, here's another interesting stat. The 49ers are 7-0 and off of home games versus the AFC. Wow, dig deep on that, that one. I had to dig deep on that one, but Is I that found courtesy that. of DraftKings? No, it's not courtesy of DraftKings. Oh. I found that I found that doing a little more research than that. Wow. We're supposed to do research? Yeah, I, I've, been, I've been dabbling in the research. I mean, My research consists of buying a six-pack on the way here. I will say this. Arizona is terrible against tight ends. So, George Kittle, hey, finally welcome to the show. Oh, George Kittle's going to go off. He should go off. CMC should go off. I mean, and the one thing I will say is, is that I think San Francisco wins this game. I think Arizona can cover this game because I think Colt McCoy, like you said, he's three and one as a starter in Arizona. But more more than that, I think this team hones in better on their play calling and they they focus a little more because I feel like the play calling gets a little wonky when Ky- when Kyler Murray's in there. So it sounds like you fully expect Kyler Murray to miss this game. I do expect Kyler Murray. I mean, he was a true game, game time decision last week. You know, hey, how many times was Keenan Allen a game time decision? Oh, you and, dick! And that he still you has been playing. You cut me deep, dick. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that. I'm just saying. I think even with even if Colt McCoy is the quarterback, San Francisco has not been putting people away. I think San Francisco has one blowout victory, and that was in the fourth quarter against the Rams because the Rams were just playing so bad in the second half. The Rams were winning that game at halftime, and then they went in the second half and just pull up, put up a freaking egg. Let me do say the Niners currently are built if they get a lead to put you away. Because, I mean, factually speaking, Elijah Mitchell had more carries than Christian McCaffrey last week. That tag team of Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey can absolutely put you away. I understand that. I'm just saying that I just think Arizona will, will hang around. Hang Remember around. last year? Remember last year when Arizona had that that ten and zero start or something like that, and they played against San Francisco. And what was the final score of that game? Ten to nine. So you're gonna they're they're gonna Teddy KGB. They're gonna hanging around, hanging gonna, around. Check, 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 and hanging around, hanging around, hanging me. around. All right, Tim, we're done with all the games here. Let's get the best bets time. Yeah, let's get to best bets. You were uh, two and one again, man. You are on a nice little roll here. Yeah, um, that and four quarters get you a dollar. Yeah, so you want me to go first, or you? Yeah, man, first? go first. You you have honors, sir. You, Mister Two and One. <laughs> I was one and two last week. All right. Well, I'm gonna keep going back to the same well. The Chicago Bears over their team total of twenty three and a half. Are you telling me, with the amount of offensive points they've been putting up the last few weeks, that Atlanta is gonna stop them? Yeah, I don't really see that either. Atlanta doesn't have that uh, doesn't have the best defense. I could, I, I, yeah. I wish I could tell. I wish I could do something to disagree with you, but if Justin Fields gets to run around, they're going to put up twenty three and a half points. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got the Bears over their team total of twenty three and a half. What do you got? I've got the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers to go over forty one. When they played against this, when they played this game earlier this season, they put up a bunch of points. Well, they had to go to overtime to do it. Yeah, but they still. But I mean, in overtime, they only put up three more points. I mean, they'll, they'll, we're going to put up some points here. Cincinnati is going to is going to be able to uh, to get some points because Cincinnati's offense um, does 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 move the ball pretty well when those receivers are clicking. And Pittsburgh, you know, they've got T.J. Watt back. They're at home. Pittsburgh's going to put up a couple of points, too. I think this game goes over 40. Oh, Joe Mixon's going to have a field day. I know it. (laughs) Uh, My second of the best bets, the Giants minus three. I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about it. The Giants are five and one against the spread in their last six. I don't see any reason they don't take Saquon Barkley and put away the Lions at home. Yeah, you know what? The, The Giants keep finding ways to win games, and... Detroit finds ways to lose games, and Detroit's coming out, coming in with a two two game win streak, and that doesn't happen very often in Detroit. The last two seasons, yeah, I feel like the Giants win this game by a touchdown. So if I only have to give three, I'm giving three. All right, I am going back to the over wagon. I am going to go with the Panthers and Ravens over forty one and a half points. I think the Ravens, like you said, are going to put up a fair share of points. The spread is thirteen. Okay, that means they're expecting Baltimore. You as said yourself, you're expecting Baltimore to come out and put it to the put it to the Panthers. So, and even if they do, 
there's nothing there's no there's nothing that says Baker in garbage time isn't gonna get isn't gonna get some points here. I think this game goes over forty one and a half. I think that I think this is this is really low. I think it should probably be about 44, 45. I think this game goes over. Can't argue with what you said. My third and final of the best bets, New England Patriots minus three and a half. I don't know if you heard, the Patriots have won 13 straight versus the Jets. I don't see any reason how that ends this week, so give me the Patriots minus the three and a half. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I totally get it because of that that little trend you got going there. Um, I, I like what the Jets have on defense. I think they have a sneaky good defense. I think they have a they very one good... defensive player on the Jets. We got to do that. Dude. <laughs> Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner. Go. Sauce Gardner. <laughs> the rookie of the defensive rookie of the year this year. Sauce Gardner. All right. What a jerk. <laughs> hey, keep talking about Keenan Allen, buddy. All right. Well, I'm just going to say that I, I think that their offense, the weapons that the Jet, Giant, the Jets have on offense and that that sneaky good defense, I think they could they could possibly pull it out with the Patriots here. As you're laughing at me, stop okay, laughing. Go ahead. All right, I'm going to go ahead and go to the Monday night game. I told you, I think the Cardinals are going to hang around with Kyler without Kyler. I think they're going to cover eight and a half. The 49ers last week they were seven and a half point favorites over the Chargers. I I didn't put that down as one of my best bets, but it was something that I went to the window with by Sunday, and I was extremely happy I did because. The San Francisco 49ers do find ways to win games, but they they are never really just absolutely dominating teams and absolutely blowing people out. Yeah, we record this on Thursday, but I tell you what, if you follow Rick on Twitter, he is absolutely killing it on Twitter. So if you follow Rick on Twitter, you'll either catch all the jokes that I throw at him or his good big uh, victories as far as betting. So good stuff right there. I love it. Um, All right. Guys, thanks a lot for for tuning in here. We're gonna be coming at you right right after this with uh with our with our fantasy football edition. Um, thanks for listening. We hope you guys uh, win all your bets. We hope you guys win your games. We hope your favorite team wins. I know there's a couple of Dolphins fans out there. I know there's a couple of Jets fans out there. I know there's a Patriots fan right across from me. I, I know there's Patriots. I know there's a Green Bay fan that that listens every now and then. Uh, they're trailing 14-6 going into the third quarter here uh, as we're watching this game while we're doing the podcast here. Thanks a lot for listening. Tim, anything you wanted to add? Patriots. <laughs> All right, take care. <laughs>